0: Fancy job, and it makes a man
1: watchful and a little lonely.
2: Come on into the Wild West Showdown for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A motherload of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy JC Hulsey.
0: Well, we're back for another episode of the Wild West Showdown and raring to have some good old-fashioned fun. We've got a special guest this week all the way from Spain, Mr. Paul Provo. Paul's writing a thriller that's going to knock your socks off. That is, if you're wearing socks. we also got some brand new original music coming up that I know you're going to love. Right now, though, I'd like to talk to you about something that gets me down at times. What is it that could get the old cowboy in the dumps? Pressure the pressure that we place on ourselves every day to achieve a little more money, to bring our children upright, the everyday pressure that everybody has to deal with, the things that we think are important. I saw a young family at Walmart the other day, and they seemed so happy. Watching them tugged at my heart just a bit as I watched the daddy carrying the son around the aisles made me remember my younger days. I'd been having a stressful day, and that one little show of happiness made my day feel okay if you're feeling stressed out, upset, or under pressure, look around for the small pleasures in life. Stop and smell the roses, as the old saying goes. Have a day where you have a good time. Eat what you want. Drink what you want. Read a good book. I happen to know an author that writes pretty good stories. Do whatever makes you happy. Let go of that stress that's pulling you down. You know, when I was younger and wanted to hear some good country music, I had a hard time finding it on that old radio of ours. And a little bit later in my teen years, I had a hard time finding some good old-fashioned country music. It seemed that there just wasn't any around. But let me tell you, today's a different story. This new age that we live in has opened up all sorts of opportunities. If you want some original country music written by some talented young people, you go to YouTube, and there they are. Lots and lots of them. And we got a couple of those talented folks on the Wild West Showdown today. Here's Miss Sarah Spencer singing an original song, Drinking Game.
3: Thank God this ain't a dry county. Thank God today isn't Sunday. I'd be skipping the service to hell with the purpose Of sticking this out till the end Thank God for 24-7 Labels on bottles of high-proof heaven I'll look to the floor cause I To clean up your mist, no a betting woman Cause by now i would have lost everything oh from all of these years nights you should have been here when i told myself you were just out having fun i'd laid down my last dollar to prove it to Get sick of hurting. Thank God that my heart is sturdy. With a cheap box of red wine, a quick shot, caught a rise, and I'm good as new. Yeah, I'll beat like a drum, and I won't fill my glass up for just in.
0: is that young lady talented or not? She already lives in Nashville. I can't understand why in the world somebody hadn't discovered her yet. Now it's time to meet Mr. Paul Provo. It's a pleasure to have him with us on the Wild West Showdown today. His first novel is going to be called A Web of Malicious Opportunity, and it's going to be released later this year. Paul's a retired airline pilot from Texas, but he's currently living in Spain. His book, a web of malicious opportunity will be an action adventure thriller, and I know you're going to enjoy it. Paul Provo,
2: how you doing, my friend?
0: How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. I had all of my uh, staples taken out of my knee today, and uh, doing very well with the uh, total knee replacement. In writing,
0: you're a new author. Is that correct?
2: That is correct.
0: You never written a book before.
2: Uh, I've never published. I've done. Uh, I study creative writing in the University of Maine.
0: So you've been writing quite a while then.
2: Uh, I had, I've been writing since I was uh, a young boy, 12 years old or so, and uh, then I was in uh, a creative writing class at the University of Maine at uh, Bangor. And uh, well, well, apparently my teachers always thought that I had a certain. Uh, skill. And then ever since then I've been uh, writing on my blog, I, I, but you know I'm uh, bilingual so I write a lot in Spanish as well.
0: Uh, do you find anything hard about writing or or is it come easy to you?
2: Uh, the ideas come easy but uh, the actual putting the thought down on paper sometimes is quite costly. The trick is to uh, speak out loud, you know. Read it out loud and if it sounds right to you, you know, it's like uh, it helps a lot.
0: What's your book going to be about?
2: uh... it's called the web of malicious opportunity and it has to do with uh... you know it has to do with the caliphate the, the islamic state they joined up with an organization called the society in venezuela but basically it's based on an island i've, I've invented in the, the south china sea and it's a very successful uh, country it's a tiny tiny country but the president is quite a dynamic guy and he's his wife is plotting to assassinate him with the help of the society and the Islamic State is um, basically uh, going to use the country and its very tiny, small airline to carry out their experience, uh, experiments on hijacking an aircraft from the ground.
0: Sounds interesting. Uh, not quite my kind. I like Westerns myself. But
2: I love Westerns.
0: Have you ever considered writing a Western?
2: Yes, I have.
0: And, and what's holding you back?
2: Uh, finishing A Web of Malicious Opportunity.
0: All right, that's a good reason. But, when, have you got a publishing date for it? When are you going to turn it loose to the public?
2: Um, Well, you know how these things are, JC. Uh, I would like it to be as soon as possible. Uh, sure. Let's say I'm halfway through, uh, the, uh, the book is in my mind, but I'm such a meticulous uh, burgle that I always, uh, I'm, I, I spend a lot of time re- rewriting. But, but, but as I rewrite stuff that's already done you know I mean I'm I'm, uh, I'm also in my head and off in the next chapters and then when I when it's time to, to put them on uh, on paper well I just let it flow but it's a slow process
0: how long did it take you to come up with this story idea uh,
2: I can't tell you um, it, I guess it came up uh, uh, when uh, the aircraft over the uh, Indian Ocean disappeared, the Malaysian 370, the uh, Boeing 777, um, it, it vanished, you know, they're, they're claiming they've found uh, uh, parts of it now, but I have a, uh, you know, I have my own theory of what happened, and uh, we live in a world, you know, of uh, high tech, and there's a lot of backdoors in aircraft technology as far as, you know, their navigational and communication systems. So uh, uh, it's only a question of time, you know. I mean, the Navy is, is worried about ships being hijacked, uh, cars being hijacked. You know, the hackers are, are capable of many, many malicious things, so there's, it's, there's an opportunity for them out there. So that's where that this, all came from.
0: This ship that disappeared, do you think it could have been the Bermuda Triangle?
2: Uh, it, first, it wasn't a ship, it was an aircraft, a Boeing Tripper Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's, a, okay. it's a large long-haul aircraft but you know i mean speaking of the bermuda i've flown over the triangle many 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 times and all i can say is that you do you are aware of it when you were flying in that area but i've never seen anything personally that um in and in, in, in the bermuda triangle i have seen other things in other places in the world that yeah. we could discuss you know like uh, these
0: kind of things is this what you talk about in your book
2: uh not in this one no um I'm centering on a fiction entertaining novel that will open air travelers' eyes because there is a real threat out there. It hasn't happened yet, but uh, don't be surprised when it does. And I say when rather than if it does. I say when it does.
0: Okay, do you think the public is ready for for something like this?
2: Uh, Of course they are. I mean, uh, you can go to uh, any... Movie practically, and uh, let's just say that the the you know it's where where uh, fiction uh, where, where reality is uh, stranger than fiction, you know we, we live in a world where there are all sorts of conflicting things emerging. We're seeing uh, some very ma- very very important issues, and um, you know don't be surprised that uh, uh, the hacking of aircraft. I mean let's let's face it, it, uh, it it's just a reality. I mean technologically speaking. And uh, the human is able, is capable of that and many other malicious things. How many
0: different stories have you got rolling around in your head right now?
2: Uh, well, I'm very active with the book that I'm writing right now, A Web of Malicious Opportunity. I have another project, which are uh, adventures of an international airline pilot around the globe. And I'm going to feed the public with a lot of stuff that they would just not even imagine it takes place.
0: What would you say makes a good story?
2: A good story is a book full of ingredients that people can relate to, that they feel drawn in and they feel totally associated with the uh, occurrence, whatever it may be, good or bad. Um, we all have a lot in common, absolutely. We're all basically the same, but uh, we all have plenty of, uh, of uh, things on our shoulders. And so in my writing, I like to bring things, bring issues to life and uh, basically leave a taste of that we can get through anything if we put our, our mind and our will to it. So, of course, life is made up of all kinds of adventures, and I I try to reflect that in my writing.
0: Are you on all the social media sites? How do folks find out about you?
2: I uh, have an author page on Facebook, a Twitter page, and uh, I, of course, have a blog, uh, which I uh, publish my short stories, mostly related to aviation experiences. I mean, I have a very extensive aviation background. I uh, began flying the DC-3, the c 47 which is a world-famous aircraft, very old, and I've gone from that into jets and then uh, medium to uh, long-haul flights around the world. So um, I'm basically uh, writing about aviation, but how it affects the the traveling public. I want people to be aware of what they are getting into when they climb aboard an aircraft. I don't mean to scare people, just to open their minds.
0: That was Paul Provo, folks. He's got a real thriller coming up in the near future. You can find Paul Provo on Facebook by searching for Paul Provo, that's P-R-O-V-O, and on his Facebook page you'll find excerpts from his books, his blog interviews, and all kinds of good stuff. And I know Paul's going to be back on the show in the near future. Right now, though, it's time for another song. Here's some more of that talent I was telling you about. This is Ron Don Diego singing his original song, I'm Feeling Blue.
1: Do tell me my face, I'm feeling blue. I'm feeling blue.
0: I know I said it about Sarah Spencer. I'm gonna say it about Ron Don Diego. They they both got talent, a lot of talent. You know, Paul Provo said he was happy doing what he was doing now. He's got plenty of time since he's retired to write and tell the stories that he's had rolling around in his head all these years. You know, when I retired, I wasn't exactly happy. I felt kind of lost. Many times I didn't know what to do with myself. I pondered and pondered over what I could do. Then I decided to bite the bullet and write a book. It had been my desire to write a book for a long time. My first book was called Angel Falls, Texas. And writing that story gave me a passion that nothing else could give me. I know there's many other retirees out there that maybe feel the same way I did. Maybe they're a little depressed. You finally left the rat race that you've been hating for the last few years. Now that you're retired, you're not going to have to punch that clock anymore and work for somebody who don't like you. Now you're going to be able to do some of the things that you've been dreaming about for years. But somehow... It's just not turning out the way you figured it would. Maybe you do get a little depressed. Maybe you get discouraged because you're used to a certain routine each day. Things have changed, and you really don't like change. Listen to the old cowboy and let me tell you how you can turn all these lost feelings around. At least it helped me. If you're retired and you're hating every second of it, you should consider writing a story. Why I can't write, I can hear you say it. I know I said the same thing, but listen, you can write. You began writing in the first grade and you've been writing every day since then. You just took it for granted. Sit down at the table and pick up a pen, a pencil and paper, or do it the easy way. Sit down in front of your computer and start typing. What do I write? Is that what you're asking? Write your memories. Write about that job that you began hating the last few years. Write a blog. It's just like writing a letter. Did you ever write a letter to somebody? How about one of those stories you made up to help your young ones go to sleep at night? Just sit down at the computer and watch the hours fly by, and then spend your evenings having a well-earned rest. Writing's really not as hard as people make it out to be. Now, Now, don't misunderstand me. Writing can be hard. It can be discouraging. But let me tell you this. When you read what you've written, you're going to have a feeling of satisfaction like you've never had before. Writing to me is like therapy, just sitting and relaxing. The stories just seem to flow, and I feel good at the end of each day. If you'd like to talk a little more about writing, you can send me an email jc at outlawspublishing.com. That's jc at outlawspublishing.com. I think there's a whole new world out there that you may enjoy. I thought I might read to you one of my kids' stories called Dinner Time. Vincent, the Venus flytrap, doesn't have any friends. It seems when he invites them for a visit, he winds up eating them. Soon word got around that was what he did and no one would come to visit him at all. Vincent didn't know what to do. He was so very lonely. One day, Willie the worm stuck his head through the ground right next to Vincent. Hello, said Willie. What's your name? Vincent Venus flytrap. That sure is a mouthful, said Willie. Why don't I just call you Vinny? Does that mean you want to be my friend? Asked the newly named Vinny. Sure, I'll be your friend, said Willie. I don't have many friends living down underground like I do. You ought to have lots of friends living up here in this grassy meadow. Well, I used to have a lot of friends, said Vinnie, but they disappeared. What do you mean they disappeared? Asked Willie. Well, I'd invite them over to dinner, and all of a sudden, they became my dinner, said Vinny. I didn't mean to eat them, but I just couldn't help myself. It's like something took a hold of my mind, and I had to eat them. You're not going to eat me, are you? asked little Willie. I sure hope not, said Vinny. You're the only friend I got in a whole wide world. I'm sure we can find some more friends if we figure out what your problem is, said Willie. I hope so, said Vinny. It gets mighty lonesome up here all day without anybody to talk to. I guess it would be tough fastened to the ground the way you are and not be able to move around. It sure is. I've often dreamt of being a butterfly or a dog or a cat, anything but what I am. I used to feel the same way about being a worm, said Willie. But my mama explained to me that God created us all, and we ought to be grateful for who we are. It could always be worse. How could it be any worse than being tied to the ground and eating all your friends, groaned Willie. I can't think of anything right now, but I'll keep working on it. What do you like to do? asked Willie. Well, I am getting hungry. Maybe we need to think about eating something. I think I hear my mama calling me, said Willie. I'll come back and visit with you tomorrow. Oh, please stay, said Vinnie. I'm trying very hard not to eat you, but the urge is really there. Oh, my, what am I going to do? I won't be able to have any friends at all. Do you eat the bugs and insects that fly close to you? asked Willie. Yes, said Vinnie but they're so little and leave me still hungry. Hey, isn't that an apple tree over there? Asked Willie, pointing to a tree. I think so, said Vinny. but I can't reach the apples up in the limbs or even when they fall to the ground. What if we could get all those fallen apples over here somehow, asked Willie. Do you think they'd fill you up enough so you wouldn't make your friends disappear? I believe they would, but how are we going to get them over here? "'I can't move in this spot, and you're too small to get them for me. "'We'll just have to find somebody else to help us,' said Willie. "'I think I know just the one. "'I'll be back in a little bit. Don't go no place.' "'That's not funny,' said Vinnie. "'Willie returned shortly with a dog and a fox. Vinny, he said, "'this is Dodger the dog and Freddy the fox. "'They've agreed to help get the apples if you'll promise not to do something.' "'I know what I have to promise,' said Vinnie. "'I have to promise that I won't eat them. Is that right?' "'You got it right on the money,' said Willie. "'Do you give your word?' "'I promise,' said Vinnie. "'I give my solemn word that I will not eat you.'" That's what we needed to hear. Dodger and Freddy took off to the big apple tree and came back with enough apples to feed an army. "'Here you go, Vinny. "'All the apples you can eat,' said Willie. "'These should last at least a week, "'and you not only have something to eat, "'but you gain two more friends.' "'I don't know how I can ever repay you,' said Vinny. "'Just don't eat us,' said Dodger." "'We can come and visit often "'and bring other things for you to eat. "'I live right next to a garden. "'There's all kinds of good things there. "'And I live next to a big housing development "'where there's all kinds of good stuff,' said Freddy. "'We can keep that appetite of yours satisfied "'for a long time.' "'Am I too late to bring something for Vinny?' "'asked Teddy the turtle. "'I'd have been here sooner, but I'm not very fast, you know.' "'Yeah, I tried to get him to hurry,' said Sally the snail. "'Vinny learned a very valuable lesson that day.' Instead of eating your friends, try asking them to help you. It wasn't long until Vinnie had a lot of friends that brought him all kinds of good things to eat. And the neighborhood started growing getting bigger. The end. I want to say thank you to Paul Provo for being our special guest today. I want to say thank you to our special music today provided by Ron Don Diego and Sarah Spencer. I know there's some other singers out there in the listening audience why don't you send me an email jc at outlawspublishing.com that's jc at outlawspublishing.com let me know you got a song or songs that you want us to play on the wild west showdown i bet you we can make that happen well that's it for this week folks we've had our guest we've had our music I even gave you a treat by reading a kid's story and now it's time to close the show until next week you know i always feel a little sad but there's other things that need to be done on the ranch Here's some of that cowboy wisdom before I leave. Don't judge folks by the relatives. Until next week, this is the old cowboy saying adios and happy trails.
2: Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Holsey.